1: welcome back this is the big blue banter new york giants football podcast i'm dan schneier joined as always by my co-host nick filato and today during the dead of the dead of the offseason we're gonna take a little break in the positional overview series where we've been breaking down the depth charts though i do want to say if you don't notice receivers coming out it's because we have a special guest to help us break down receivers that it's pure procured for the next podcast and it won't be the next one it will be the time we do the receivers so i'm gonna jump around a little bit with the Positional breakdowns. Nick's laughing. I must have the, said something stupid. The, the
2: way you said "procured," you sound like King Joffrey. <laughs> Is it agent? <laughs> Is it agent?
1: Mother said she wanted you. Is it agent? Like I love. That's one of my favorite lines of Game of Thrones. When it's the it's the it's uh Blackwater Bay and uh, Tyrion's trying to lead the, the the battle. Joffrey's supposed to be there on the battlefield with the boys with the with everybody there with the hound and somebody comes up to him and he's like because mother wants him and he goes and because cersei wants him he goes they go uh, uh mother has urgent business or mother has business for you she wants you and it's like uh it, is it is it agent is it uh, did you say it was agent like what could be more urgent than the battle what could possibly be more urgent joffrey than the battle but that's joffrey in a nutshell then again though spoiler alert because that was a bit of a spoiler, and you're the one who started it.
2: Yeah, I know. But I was just talking about how you enunciated the program bro- And let me bro- 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 just say bro- this, end.
1: by the way. Let me just say this, by the way, because I am really happy to see this. Dylan Nels. Shout out Dylan Nels here today, because Dylan Nels came back to me. We were talking about something else. He slid into my DMs about something job-related, which I tried to help him with, give him some advice. But then he said, thanks so much. This is super helpful. Also, just wanted to add, your take on spoilers is spot on. All of Game of Thrones is fair game.
2: Nah, well, Dylan Nels doesn't know what he's talking about, obviously. <laughs>
1: does he? Yeah, does, does he? Does he not
2: know what he's talking he about? Doesn't know what he's talking about. At
1: some point, spoilers become no longer spoilers. Like I said, are we not allowed to talk Isn't about Game Game of the ending to Citizen like Kane?
2: Game of Thrones is like three years old, right? Was that a Game 20 year Game of Thrones is
1: like two years old. I, guess. Yeah,
2: I don't think it's... I think there are listeners right now who are like, I may watch it eventually. They probably don't want to hear something. Yeah, and I'm not going to give yeah. away
1: main spoilers. i never talked yeah. about big events. I've never talked about the... Blank, and I blank. don't think
2: what you said before was really a spoiler. That's such a no. little thing. So that's why we're not going to beep it out like we have it. I've past. tried to
1: avoid I did And the one we beeped out, by the way, was not even that that beep-worthy. But we'll, we'll allow it. <laughs> not, even <that laughs> not even that beep-worthy. Not even that censor worthy But how are you doing today, Nick, before we dive into all this?
2: I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. It looks like it's about the rain outside. But uh, we're, we're yeah. ready to talk more New York Giants, bro. I'm, I'm just counting the days of training camp, to be honest, bro.
1: Me too, man. I can't wait till we get into the actual football. I want to see football on the field. I want to have... Things to evaluate other than the speculation, but I do want to give a shout out to Big Blue Banter listener before we get going, Mo, I believe it was Mo who came into my DMs a while ago and said, you gotta try out Nam Keen, a place in, it's like on the border of Madison-Chatham area, around Morristown where I'm living now, and... He's like, this is a place you got to try because we were talking about the fried chicken sandwiches, the debate. And so my whole take on fried chicken sandwiches is this, Nick. And I know you can't really get involved in this because you refuse to have any and you can't treat yourself to one fried chicken sandwich in a year. It's just (laughs) unbelievable to me. But I think the Popeyes is very overrated. Now, I'll preface this by saying this. A lot of people view it as the 1-1 of the fast food fried chicken sandwich game. And I never got the original batch, the Popeyes. But remember, they had that original Popeyes chicken sandwich. Everyone flocked to it. It was like sold out. I waited on a couple lines and I missed it at. And then it went away for like a couple months and it came back. And when it came back is when I got it. And I think the second version of the Popeyes fried chicken sandwich was not good. And I've heard from people after that who have said, yeah, the first batch was a lot better than the second. And the second batch... To me, it was similar to like the McDonald's and the Burger King version and all the other crappy fast food versions where it's like fake chicken, I call it. It's just like this glued together, shitty mashed up chicken where when you bite into it, you can't even see the fibers of the chicken come off because it's some weird quote unquote chicken breast. And that's why uh, Chick-fil-A is still the one one for me by far. Chick-fil-A may not have the brioche bun that these have, the butter, the sauce, whatever BS you wanna say, but that's all taking away from the key ingredient, which is the actual chicken patty. When you bite into that chicken in the Chick-fil-A, Fast food wise, it's the best version because it's the best quality piece of chicken, and that's what matters most. Just like when people talk about burgers and like this place gave me a burger with this and this and this as a topping. Don't talk to me about that. Was the patty still a frozen piece of crap that they unfroze that they uh, you know defrosted that day? Yes, but if you go to a place like Diesel and Duke, great fast food burger for those of you in the Montclair area or Caldwell. They, they grind that, they gr- freshly ground that ground beef daily, and that's the difference in the patty. That plus the smash technique, which I'll stand by with burgers, using the smash technique, best way to make a good burger, but you combine those two things and that's what you're looking for. It's all about the patty. It's not about the toppings. It's not about the bun. Those people who think it's about that are going in the wrong direction, Nick, so I wanted to come out with that rant, but Mo is the one who shouted me out to this new place. In the Madison-Chatham area, Nam Keen Nam Keen has an incredible fried chicken sandwich. Now, I won't put it in the mix with the with the Chick Fil A's and the whatever because it's not fast food. It's double the price, and to me, once you get into that double the price range, it's like comparing Shake Shack burger to McDonald's or whatever. You know, you can't compare the two. Shake Shack is double the price, and it's clearly better. It's a good quality burger. So regardless if you're looking for a more upscale upgrade to the fried chicken sandwich nam keen i could not suggest it highly that is one of the best chicken patties i've had unbelievable fried chicken nam keen it's like a little spicy it's a little indian version i think indian is the style there they have like a masala chicken sandwich but they also have the nashville the classic nashville fried hot chicken sandwich who boy is that thing good i loved it i've had it now twice since. So Mo, thank you for the shout out. Big Blue Listener Mo.
2: Dan, are we getting uh, money from them that I'm not aware of or something?
1: <laughs> they should be sponsoring with that. With that, First of all, Chick-fil-A oh, yeah. and Nomkeen should be sponsoring at that little food rant. But for those of you who don't like the food rants, those of you who do, let us know. Some of you have said you do. Some of you said you don't. We'll talk Giants football. Don't worry. Just, it's the off-season. We like to talk about other things. But today, we're taking a break from the positional depth chart overview series. And we are going to dive into a very some would say way too early look at the 2022 NFL draft class by breaking down five prospects who should be on the Giants radar who could be on the Giants radar for a variety of reasons we'll break down the prospects briefly and then we'll get into why they should be or could be on the radar based radar I'm sorry based on their fit in the system based on where the Giants are at with each position from a roster building standpoint factoring in everything there who's on the roster for now who's going to be on the roster for the future how strong the position is from a depth standpoint from a top end standpoint but i want to preface all this by saying this is based on an article nick did for big blue view and neither nick or i have had much time to dive into the real film of these prospects this is what we call a way too early look so we're not going to get into the nitty gritty of these prospects but we're going to talk about why they should be on your radar and why they could be players the giants are looking at Based on a lot of things, but mostly where the Giants are at with those positions and the fact that they have two first-round picks and can be in the mix for these top-end type prospects.
2: Absolutely, and the Giants have ten picks because they have Miami's third and they also have a Bears fourth as well. And this article was, uh, uh it was a com- compilation from Albert Breer of Monday Morning Quarterback Sports Illustrated. He put together like twenty different prospects, and the qualifications of those prospects is they have to be a uh, at least a Four years in college. So, you're not going to have the Kayvon Thibodeau's of the world, who is the Oregon pass rusher that everyone should know because he's an absolute stud. He's going to be a top five pick. And could be a giant. Uh, I would love if he, that guy's a giant. If the Giants are really, really bad. the Bears bottom out. If the Bears bottom out. out, yeah, it's, that's it's all about other, the
1: Bears, baby. It's all about them Bears bottom out. Every week, I want them to lose. Every, every,
2: every week. Every week, because this guy is an absolute stud. But he's not going to be on the list. It's going to be those players who are redshirt juniors, seniors, fifth year guys. So, yes. that's the kind of players we're working with for this
1: yeah no doubt all right so those are the players we are working with. we've set the bar let's start with georgia and i can't wait to pr- mispronounce some of these names i'm sure that's going to happen as it always does for me let's start with georgia edge rusher prospect outside linebacker adam anderson obviously before we get into him nick i'm going to ask you your thoughts on him we know the deal with these georgia at pass rushers from lorenzo carter to zizo gilari the system's very similar not very similar somewhat similar the terminology is somewhat similar the style is similar, and so the Giants like to pick from this crop. In addition to all of that, Dave Gettleman is a big believer in starting a lot of years at a high level in a high-level conference, and nothing is higher level than the SEC, playing at a high-level football and playing in big games. The Georgia plays in big games all the time. And so he fits a lot of what Dave Gettleman, Joe Judge, and this regime likes in a prospect. So let's talk a little bit about this edge rusher, Adam Anderson, 6'5", 225, similar to that Lorenzo Carter build. I believe. Is he as athletic? What kind of game does he have?
2: I would say Carter is uh, definitely stronger at the point of attack from the little bit that I've seen of Anderson and I got to watch a decent amount of him because I watched Aziz Ojolari I watched a ton of Aziz Ojolari and I would always see number 19 on the other side and I was like oh that guy's a pretty good player really really long type of player but uh, I think a different type of player maybe not as physical but he can drop into space he can use those long arms to close throwing windows and he also uses his arms well against the run and also as a pass rusher because when you have that length you can keep tackles off of you but he's still a little bit raw I mean this this guy right here he's he has three years under his belt he has this extra year going in but he really really flashed in that Cincinnati game their bowl game where I think Georgia won 24 to 21 if I'm not mistaken and James Hudson was in that game and James Hudson was drafted I think it was the third or fourth round in the draft he was the converted tight end to tackle for Cincinnati he ended up Actually, doing really well against Aziz Ojalari, and then he got ejected for a targeting penalty after like an interception halfway mm-hmm. through that game. And then after that, Ojalari and Adam Anderson just absolutely went off. And Anderson had what I think eight pressures. I just pulled up the stats. He had eight pressures, a sack, five hurries in that game, two hits. Woof, yeah, he, he was went uh, off. He was, he was everywhere for Georgia, and we know, as you alluded to, Dan. Giants love these Georgia pass rushers. The terminology is very similar, as Patrick Ram has said, and they like going to that well of Kirby Smart. They have a bunch of SEC coaches there. I'm sure some of those coaches tried to recruit guys like Aziz Ojolari, like Adam Anderson. So he's somebody I think we should just put on our radar, see how he performs this year, see if he gets a little bit stronger, and then um, you know, next year I'm not sure if this guy is going to be a first round pick. Uh, you know, it's way too early to really tell, but just somebody to uh, consider. Because when you look at the Giants, what do they do? They love going after edge guys. They like going after Georgia edge guys. And mm. this is a premier Georgia edge guy. So it just kind of makes sense from that standpoint.
1: Yeah, and one thing you mentioned in the article, something the Giants also like to target, is these edge guys slash tackles, basically the guys who play on the edge in the NFL. Tackles or pass rushers with long arms. And he's got that, too. And even if you saw what they did in free agency, their big target wasn't Kenny Galladay. They're happy to get Kenny Galladay. But they wanted Leonard Floyd. Before he re-signed, that was the first guy they went after. That was who they wanted to spend the big money on. And he has those long arms.
2: Hey, Dan, remind me. Where did Leonard Floyd go to school?
1: He also went to school at Georgia. (laughs) They love these Georgia guys. Also, Leonard Floyd should have been a giant. I can't still... I know on... You want to take a trip down memory lane? I don't want to take a trip down memory lane. I already <laughs> did that with John Fox himself. Who let me know that they the Bears did it for a reason. They knew what was going to happen there. They knew the Giants were going Floyd. And then the Titans. What a panic move. What a panic move by Reese, by the way. Like At least take William Jackson. William Jackson was awesome in college. You knew he was going to be... I mean, injuries have derailed his career. Maybe he can revive him with the Washington football team. Personally, I hope not. I don't want the football team to get a Bradbury-type sign. He's a good there, player coming out. But though. he was a really good player coming out. After he was injured his first year with Cincinnati, the Bengals, he had a really good second season. So, who knows? We won't go back down that lane. One other thing I wanted to mention about him, though, about Adam Anderson, is I'm a little concerned with the fact that he doesn't really play that much. Like, he's a big Ballyhooed guy because of these traits, but he only had 130 total snaps last year. He didn't play a single game with more than 19 snaps. That was a season high against Cincinnati in the bowl game and then if you look back yes he qualifies for Breer's study here because he's played he's going into his fourth season and he's played in all three seasons before that but 130 snaps was his most ever last year 112 the year before 95 the year before and as a pass rusher he's only had 197 reps total so that definitely concerns me a little bit
2: it goes to what i was saying a little bit earlier though he needs to get more physical because okay. he is a pass rusher right now he's a pass rushing specialist and there's definitely a place in the nfl for players like that being a pass rushing specialist but they don't want to put him out there on early downs especially when you have players like aziz ojolari and they always i don't know who the the physical guy they have but they always have guys like Davin bellamy and lorenzo carter who was a little bit uh, more athletic and had a lot more capabilities than a bellamy but bellamy was there when carter was there and bellamy was more of that you know strong side and i'm going to set the edge but i'm not going to offer as much as a pass rusher so they probably had people like that that filled that role Mm -hmm. and they just brought anderson in because they wanted some pass rushing juice now he just needs to maybe grow into his body a little bit because we're talking about a 20 year old kid hopefully he can put on a little bit more mass so he can play those early downs
1: right correct and he will be eligible for the 2022 draft and i think that in regards to even if he's the guy i don't think he will be the guy but let's say the giants are in position in a top five draft position because the bears bottom out dalton sucks Fields has some rookie struggles whatever it may be the O-line collapses I think that O-line could really be a problem for Chicago this season and a lot of it will depend hopefully that Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers you know smooth things out we do not as Giants fans we do not want it's weird to say because the Giants are also in the NFC so you would think that it's good if Rodgers gets moved out to Denver into the AFC but for this specific season I think we do not want Aaron Rodgers to get traded because I think we want him in that division beating up on the Bears we want the Bears to get those two easy losses I think if Jordan Love goes in there those become two potential wins for the Bears versus now if Rodgers is in there I don't see the Bears winning either of those games and so we definitely don't want that, but I think it's going to be a little different if the Giants do have a top five picnic because last year the Giants had that pick and there were a lot of guys we talked about that we like, specifically Northwestern offensive tackle Rashawn Slater. Then in round two, we had some guys. Then in round three, we had some guys. And we kind of knew going in the Giants weren't planning to draft over Matt Peart. I think that whole thing is a little bit different than Ellerson Smith in this regard, because while I don't think they're too far off as prospects, personally, I think if you take Matt Parrott in 97 or Ellison Smith, wherever he was taken, a a few picks later in round four, they're both total project players to me. Everyone who's assuming Matt Parrott is just going to be great this year and the Giants shouldn't have drafted over him no matter what are just taking a big leap of faith. They're project players. Both positions, edge and tackle, are really hard to develop, in my opinion, in the NFL. There's a ton of times these guys just end up busting, and there's a lot of swings people take, and there's mostly misses. But I think the Giants can actually draft over him with more confidence because it's different than tackle. There's gonna usually gonna be a rotation, especially within Patrick Graham's system. So how do you feel about that? Do you think I'm onto something there with like they're not gonna be afraid to draft edges because they know they can rotate these guys versus tackle with Parrot, where they're like, ideally we want somebody to play every snap there.
2: Absolutely, and that's what we've seen. I mean, Ernie Akorsi. Said it in the past. He said you can never have too many pass rushers. Right, pass rushing is you know king in terms of you know stopping the opposing offense. And Lorenzo Carter is going to be a free agent next year. Ifadio Denbo is going to be a free agent next year. I mean, I'm imagining Ryan Anderson will probably be a free agent next year. And that leaves the oshane zimenez the you know obviously Aziz Ojalari, Ellerson Smiths of the world to kind of anchor down that edge position. So they're going to look to add some new juice to that position. Why not go back to the well to Georgia? But again it doesn't mean they'll go after someone like Anderson. They could, if they had that top five pick, if the Bears absolutely fall on their face, go after Kayvon Thibodeau, and then the defense really gets a Chase Young type of player.
1: Yeah, if that if they end up getting into that top five and we feel confident with Jones, that means me and you, not the Giants. The Giants are going to have a different point of view <laughs> with Jones. They have already they feel like he's the savior already and he's shown nothing, but if we feel that way, I'm going to be super excited about that potential possibility of getting to bow because... Who baby they put him on that defense that's already looking great i i don't know how many more holes they have left to fill inside linebacker maybe a player we'll talk about a little bit later who could potentially fill that that we'll get into in a bit but before we get into our next player who i am a guarantee to mispronounce i have already guaranteed this one i have no shot at this i'm gonna try my best let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors
2: and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24 seven
0: customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
3: All right, here we go, Nick. Here's the
1: mispronunciation on its way. I'm going to start with the team because I can do that, the Minnesota Gophers. I'm going to start with the then I'm going to move on to the position because I can do that, offensive tackle though. I think there's a chance he actually maybe getting moved into the inside at the NFL level. We'll see. I'll see what your thoughts are on that. But it's Minnesota offensive tackle prospect Daniel Filaley. I'm just going to call him Filaley. I'm sure that's not how it's pronounced. I I
2: think that's actually accurate. I could be wrong, to be honest, (laughs) but I think that's accurate. I mean, this is a 2020 opt-out, so we haven't seen him in a couple years. And for those of you who don't know, man, Filaley is a 400 – yes, I'm not lying – a (laughs) 400-pound – offensive tackle who has played on the right side for the golden gophers in 2018 and in 2019 now that's massive he actually carries his weight relatively well for someone of that size but still that's going to be too big in the nfl speed rushers are going to absolutely take advantage of that so he may be relegated to the offensive guard spot but i do want to kind of bring out the fact that if he does shed some weight if he does get a little bit lighter on his feet he does have that experience on the right side and I think we have to be honest with ourselves and just look at Matt Parrott and be like if Matt Parrott struggles this year and then we do see Nate Solder down the stretch of the season Giants are going to be right back in the tackle market just like they were in 2020 and just like they were in 2020 so I'm looking at some of these top offensive tackle guys and I, I think we should start mentioning their names and Falele is probably the most interesting one because of his weight.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Listen, when it comes to Parrot, the Giants need a much shorter leash than they have on Daniel Jones, for example. Daniel Jones was a sixth overall pick. Matt Parrot was the 97th overall pick. I would argue both positions are tough to develop in the NFL quarterback and offensive tackle. And I would argue both positions you shouldn't be holding on to players for too long at. You should be trying to always improve at and you should never be you know in that boat. But when it comes to tackle, drafted at 97th overall or 99th overall, I'm sorry, wherever Parrot was drafted, I'm going to get that 99th, wrong. I believe yeah. it was 99th. You have to be willing to move on if after two years it doesn't look obvious that he's the guy. And I don't mean move on. It doesn't mean cut the guy. You can still leave him in there hope he improves and have him compete again there's we can't i I hate how people sometimes look at offensive tackle or offensive line positions like there's one guy that's it no no no, it could be a competition you could add a lot of talent there and just have the best player win out and then you just have a great backup for when injuries strike that's not a bad thing on the offensive line it's one of the most important you can't win the nfl without it so this guy definitely intrigues me he's australian born as you pointed out which i think is cool i liked i like that i don't know maybe he was playing a little rugby over there a little physical type player my question for you is at six foot nine and four hundred, obviously like you said, he probably has to get down to the three sixty range. That's obvious. Otherwise, you know, he's gonna be too easily beaten by those speed rushers unless he has that Makai Becton like footwork. And I don't know if he has that. But my question is, how does he compare just from your first glance athletically to a prospect like Becton? Because I think when you're in that size range, you're thrown into that kind of bucket. And if you don't have that kind of athleticism, I don't know if you're, it's not that you're not worth taking a shot on, but I think you have to at least be kicked into the inside to hide it, to hide it, to hide, you know, your... I guess lack of ability to function on the edge so where would you compare him athletically to a player like Beckton?
2: I would say Becton is is more developed than him but I don't want to like knock Falele because I haven't seen the guy since 2019 right. either so he could you know have worked on his game throughout that opt-out that's very very plausible that he did that but just being that size, I mean, in the NFL, like we said, speed rushers are going to take advantage of that. But when you watched Makai Becton, they didn't do a lot of true pass sets at Louisville. There was yeah. a lot of um, a lot of just things that you don't always see in the NFL. It's not you know vertical setting and. You can watch him move in space, like at the combine, for instance, and you see how quick his feet were, combine that with his size and with his length, and with his power. You were like, This guy is rare, man. Makai Becton was a rare guy. I'm not gonna put Philele there quite yet, but he definitely has the opportunity to develop into that.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, so we've got Daniel Phileley offensive tackle, number seventy-eight, if you're watching Big Ten football this year. So keep an eye on Daniel Falele, but you can't miss him. He's four hundred pounds and six foot nine. So you probably don't even need to know the number we've got adam anderson the georgia outside linebacker edge rusher number 19 if you got that and you're watching some sec football let's go on to another player here who are a third player we're going to call out and that's auburn cornerback roger mccreary he's the third player we're talking about six foot 188 pounds nice length Where do you feel how do you feel about and obviously you know we can talk about the position because the giants have a lot of depth at the corner position but what are your thoughts on mccreary and why did he make your list
2: I just think he's a longer type of cornerback. I mean, he's only like six foot, 190 pounds, but he has those explosive elements. He comes off routes pretty well. And I don't think the Giants are necessarily done at investing in this cornerback spot because i mean james bradbury after this season only has one more year left i'm not sold on darnay holmes i like him but he's never going to be a boundary guy he's more of a slot guy i think they drafted aaron robinson for a reason to compete with him in that position but aaron robinson also has a versatility to kick outside and then Adoree jackson is uh, i'm high on him don't get me wrong but he's not a sure thing either the last time we saw him on the field he was struggling granted there were a lot of uh things that were going on in his life and in his career that may have held him back a little bit but i wouldn't say he's a sure thing and if anything we've seen from dave gettleman and Joe Judge on this team is they want to invest in their secondary. That's how you win in football. You want to invest in man coverage. You want to invest in the secondary. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants look at someone like McCleary. And there's a bunch of other cornerbacks as well. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they look at them with an early pick next year.
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it. The Giants have clearly, again, I said this a few podcasts ago. I'm going to say it again. I give Dave Gettleman all the credit in the world for adopting his position on how to build a defense out and he said he did it during his tenure in Carolina as their general manager and he's made it a point with the Giants even if you look at like the Sam Beal decision which I didn't like I thought it was too much of a risk for a player who had injury issues, but at least, and I think it was a bit of a panic move because he felt like, oh my God, our corner situation is really and truly so bad from a depth standpoint. We have to force this. No one else offered more than a fourth round pick. They offered their third round, which was the second pick in the third round. Whatever. Put it behind us. The point is, He was still looking at adding secondary and corner players. And that's been something that he's believed in, pass coverage over pass rush. And in the new NFL, I couldn't be more on board with him so many of these offenses are designed to get rid of the ball quickly so i don't think you could ever it's the new offensive line for me let's say or it's the offensive line of the defense i always talk about the offensive line as the bullpen you can never have enough too many bullpen arms you can never have too much offensive line talent and competition i'm starting to feel that way honestly nick about the secondary specifically the corner position even more than safety on the defensive side of the ball with with attrition at the position the injuries with the fact that there's so many unique teams building these mismatch type offenses with guys that they're getting in space on the perimeter you know in the slot wherever it may be stacked against with, with an outside receiver you need guys who can match up you need to get all the guys possible who can play man coverage just like Patrick Graham said you can find a lot of guys who can play zone. Isaac Yaden was decent in zone last year. You need the guys who can play man because there's going to be situations where you need to play man, and you need a guy who can look, can line up across from a really talented offensive skill player who has a really interesting skill set and be able to compete with him. And so I'm always going to be in the corner market with you. I think you brought up a great point when it comes to Bradbury's contract being up. Obviously, Adoree Jackson is signed here for potentially the long term. Then they got the two slot guys who. One maybe can play Aaron Robinson. The other, Darnay Holmes, probably never going to play the outside for the Giants at that height and length. So I think they should really always, I think that alone says they should be in the market. And I'm with you, man. Always be looking for corner talent.
2: And let's think about the... Giants just over the last two seasons 2019 and 2020 their defense there was always a liability that seemed to find its way on the field and was just exploited in 2019 it was Corey Ballantyne now the kid's a six-round pick out of like Washburn I'm not gonna right. sit there and hold him I don't want to hold him fully accountable or just like you know, knock the guy but he wasn't ready to step on the field especially against Aaron Rodgers who tore him up and then Mitchell Trubisky tore him up in that game as well and then last year was Isaac Yadam week one they thought they could play man coverage and they just kept running crosses and pick routes and the Giants couldn't cover it and then Patrick Graham had to really alter his defense towards the middle of the season and then towards the end of the season they were one of the better zone covering teams but if you can just get solid man coverage across the board something McCreary can do then that's going to be excellent for the New York Giants that's what they're looking to do that's what they should be looking to do and also another big important fact about McCreary is he's a good tackler that's what the Giants love they loved Aaron Robinson because he was a good tackler he cleaned up his tackling in 2020 McCreary I think has in three seasons eight missed tackles so he has a sub double digit missed tackle percentage and that's what the giants like to see somebody who is a sure tackler who can use their length to tackle and who is physical mccreary has all that
1: yeah there's no doubt about it not only is he a good tackler he's got the length he really fits a lot of what the giants seem to like now at that corner position so keep an eye on roger mccreary the corner of orb auburn if you're watching sec football that's number 23 and these guys could all change their numbers so that'll suck but right now it's number 23 and let's move on to another prospect who i'm actually super excited to talk about because this is a position i've wanted the giants to upgrade for a while and it's the tight end position and more specifically this is a position i've wanted them to upgrade with a prototypical potential two-way type tight end and that means you got to have the frame for it and for me these days i'm considering that six five and above and about 250 and above and you got to have the ability to also stretch the seam vertically to make you know quick little moves underneath so you got to be a receiver and a blocker potential and i think that we're going to get to a guy here in iowa state's charlie Kolar, who can potentially do that at six foot six 257 pounds maybe more of a receiver than a blocker now but obviously at least has the frame to potentially get there what do you think about Kolar? Because I like what I've seen just from
2: watching him on the broadcast. angle. have not watched much film. What are your thoughts on Kolar? I think he's... Uh somebody who can block in line but that's not his game he's more of a receiver like similar to Kyle Pitts not obviously of the ilk of Kyle Pitts he's not that skilled or talented or nuanced or really anywhere near Kyle Pitts but he is somebody who will try his ass off at blocking when asked to but he's not excellent at it so that's not necessarily what you're going to get but you're going to get a big bodied receiver with a large catch radius and soft hands and that's what Kolar is and he offers that in the big 12 for Iowa State I uh I'm just looking at the Giants right now though man And I'm like, Kyle Rudolph come off the foot injury. He'll have one year left on his deal if they were to draft someone like Kolar. Evan Ingram's on his fifth-year option. Where is he going to be? Caden Smith, I think he'll be in his last year of his rookie deal at that point. Are they going to retain someone like that? I would love for them to. Somehow, Levine is still on the roster. So the tight end position is a low-key position that they are going to look to add to after this season, after Evan Ingram's gone. And then you have Kyle Rudolph with one more year left. And this is somebody who I feel like you can align in the slot. He can be a big slot mismatch against those smaller cornerbacks in that area you can use him in line leak him out Uh, i wouldn't say he's an excellent athlete but he's a solid athlete more of just that big body type of guy who's going to go up and make physical catches take shots hold on to the football and that's really really important in the nfl obviously
1: Yeah, and he reminds me a lot, honestly, when I watch him. And it may just be because they played in the same conference. But he reminds me a lot of Mark Andrews, the Oklahoma tight end, who's Mm -hmm. now with the Ravens. And I feel like Andrews, because of his frame, has been able to improve as a blocker at the next level with good coaching. And I think that could be the same thing for Kolar. I know he's not much of a blocker now, but with that frame, I think it's at least possible versus a guy like Ingram with his frame, it was never really possible. And so I think the best thing you said here is that tight end needs to be a major priority for the Giants moving forward. Kyle Rudolph will be, like you said, on the second year of a deal coming off the list Frank this year. Older player may even be, you know, outside chance of being cut after this offseason or this offseason I don't think that'll happen I think we'll get the two years but I don't think they're re-signing Evan Ingram I mean it just doesn't make any sense given their cap situation given what they gave to players like Galladay given the fact that Caradaris Tony's now on the roster there's more skill talent than ever before Ingram was never really a blocker doesn't really fit Jason Garrett's style to me at all he I mean, just at all doesn't fit this system from everything you want to go into it the routes that he runs the fact that he's not a great inline blocker. Ingram never makes sense as a Jason Garrett tight end. Now, will Garrett be there next year? I don't know. I tend to think he actually will be just because I think the Giants will win enough football games that Garrett will be given another year. And I don't know if he'll be the reason they win the football games. I doubt it. But if he is, they're gonna want a tight end like Charlie colar This type of tight end, 6'6, 260, a guy who can play that, play in within this system. So I'm definitely intrigued by him. Where's number eighty eight? Same number as Evan Ingram. So if you're watching Big 12 football and Iowa State happens to be on, look for number 88. He makes all sorts of big plays down the field using his body to box out defenders. Really seems to be uh, excellent adjusting to the football in the air. Has all the traits that I like, soft hands. These are the type of traits I want in a receiver. I'm less so about the pure speed and all that type of stuff. I like the guys who can do the you know who can make actual plays on the football when it's in the air. And so I'm definitely intrigued by Kolar.
2: Yeah, same here. And he only has three drops on 161 career awesome. top targets you know and if you watch some of his catches he'll be used on those deep horizontal crosses and he'll leap and you'll see him just in the air for a while stick his hands up make the catch take a huge hit holds onto the football love that kind of stuff man
1: can't ask for more than that all right let's move on to our last player here number five it is Penn State linebacker Brandon Smith. Everybody remembers Penn State linebacker Michael Parsons. We talked a lot about him. Is this the next guy coming up? The next inside linebacker? Because we'll talk about the position, man, but I have been looking for a nice inside linebacker to pair with Blake Martinez and even before Blake Martinez for a long time. And I know we should preface this by saying he's not eligible to the draft until 2023. So This is a bonus play here. Our fifth pick. It's a bonus player, Brandon Smith. You're going to watch him this year. Number 12 on that Penn State defense. Maybe Changes number, and you're going to be like, This guy's awesome, but then you won't be able to draft him yet. But we want to get him on your radar for 2023.
2: Yeah, he was a true freshman in 2019. He ended up seeing the field, but obviously they're very talented at linebacker. They had Micah Parsons, but Micah Parsons ended up opting out, which gave Brandon Smith the chance to play 403 snaps. Last year, and he did really, really well. He pressures the quarterback, drops into coverage, is physical in the run game, fits the run really, really well. Uh, I wouldn't say right now that he has the allure of a Micah Parsons, but he could possibly grow into that because we're talking about, I think he might have just turned 20, this player. Maybe he's still 19 years old. We're talking about a really, really young linebacker. We know the Giants. I mean, if you look at this roster, I feel like on paper, it's a very good roster, but. You look at the linebacker position you're like okay they added reggie raglan obviously obviously they still have blake martinez but by the time brandon smith is available to be drafted blake martinez won't be under contract under the contract that he has right now with the new york giants so you look at camp brown carl coughlin they're like tweeners they don't really have you know true linebacker trades. so this linebacker position may be looking for talent over the oh, next yeah. couple years and brandon smith could be somebody that they consider it's a big power five school i think the giants may have been interested in micah parsons if micah parsons uh, didn't have the character type of concerns it depends it's hard to say because the giants also wanted to i think add an explosive playmaker so they went the Kadarius tony route obviously in the first round after trading back but i wouldn't be shocked if they're interested in someone like brandon smith obviously it's way too early to tell especially for this specific player because he has another year in college other than these other ones at least for draft eligibility some of these guys could stay in even longer
1: yeah, and I think that I was ultimately originally a bit skeptical if the Giants were willing to use a massive asset for an inside backer type regarding Parsons guarding this draft and past drafts. But I was changed. My opinion has changed on that since the rumor came out that the Giants were targeting Tony or Jamin Davis with that second with that twentieth overall pick. Once I knew Davis was in the mix, who Washington ultimately wanted. I knew that they're more interested than we think in these second-level type defenders who may not be edge guys but can do a whole lot of other things. So that's why this guy is certainly on my radar in Brandon Smith. and Braden Smith, I'm sorry, Brandon Smith. And maybe, just maybe he can be Micah Parsons without the future, future overnight in jail. <laughs> ah, just a little joke. Just a little, little take there. I'm sorry, Micah Parsons. I don't know you, man. I'm sure you're a decent guy. But that story about you doing the weird hazing with the Penn State team was Hopefully untrue, but if true, you're not the greatest guy. Let's just say that. And now that you're on the Cowboys, a team full of overnights in jail, I think that we could be heading that direction, maybe. Uh, who knows? No, no, no cow- I'm not gonna say that.
2: The Cowboys really, really uh enjoy they don't care drafting yeah. uh people who may make bad decisions later. Yeah,
1: it's it's crazy. But I we mean, say that as
2: Giants people and we drafted DeAndre Baker, so Yeah, you're
1: right. Yeah. Yikes. Not only DeAndre Baker, but now uh Sam Beale had a little Running, I guess that no one seemed to know about. I feel like the Giants poo pooed that, just like they poo pooed the Josh Brown situation from years ago, which is to me still the biggest black mark on the franchise since I started following the franchise. John Maron knew about it, and just act now. It's like just like it goes over everyone's heads. Like no one even remembers that John Maron knew what was going on there. Yeah, and like that was a really bad situation. That was
2: no, and so
1: we won't get into that now. But that's our recap of. Five players we want on your radar as Giants sensors. start with Adam Anderson, number 19, outside linebacker edge from Georgia. Then we move on to Daniel Fulele, number 78, the offensive tackle from Minnesota. Roger McCreary, number 23, the corner from Auburn. Charlie Kolar, number 88, the tight end from Iowa State. And finally, Brandon Smith, number 12, if he keeps that number, the inside backer from Penn State. So that's an early look at some 2022 and one 2023 NFL draft prospects that should be on the Giants radar thank you again for tuning in to the Big Blue Vander podcast if you want to help the podcast grow there are very simple ways to do it but they make a massive impact on us so it's up to you do you want to help us because we're not going to ask for much all we're going to ask is head to iTunes make sure you subscribe to the podcast make sure you download every podcast because it doesn't help us if you don't and then after you do all that Give us a rating and review. Scroll all the way down on the podcast page. You'll see leave a rating and review. Click leave review. Give it five stars. And then after that, once you do that, write us a little review. If you want to ask us a question or if you want to be featured in any way, get your name on the show, just write it in there. We'll always read it off. And then finally, we've created a YouTube page. It's going to grow. It's going to get even bigger as football comes back. And so follow us there and help us grow that page. That would be YouTube. And you type in Big Blue Banter in the search bar and you'll see that um and then finally last thing instagram ny big blue banter so just an ny in front of big blue banter and we're still doing locker rooms they're not always tuesday night at eight anymore you know on twitter or instagram both likely when that will air so just be be on the lookout for that it's a lot of fun join us there um and that's all we got for today so have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you soon